0: All right, we're rolling. Okay, this is a uh, blurt out of the dream time, August 2022. Gigi here, titled, What is Possible, When and Where? Learning the Power of Place, Listening to Time. Last night on the eve of a water summit here in Paiuhunadu, a man came in my dream. He had returned to where I was living. I went to see him at first, not knowing why. And then along came a huge bolt of lightning and a bang of thunder. I recognized him. I reached out to the rain that now came along with my tears, asking why. Why did you leave and not come back? A memory flooded through me of our love, our meeting, and our soul connection. He did not talk much back then, when we were first together, and now words, too, came very slowly. How long ago was it, he asked. All had been buried so deep, I searched to remember. Thirty, forty years, maybe, I said. I thought we, we had an agreement. Only now, in this moment, did it become clear he was Métis, mixed-blood, native, indigenous, white. He had returned, he shared, to his people, his reservation, his ways, with no contact again outside of that story for so much of the time. As I realized this, the idea or notion of our agreement, even after we had made love, seemed so small somehow lost in a much bigger story. I touched again the pain of it all, the memory of our meeting, our recognition of each other, our short yet very real relationship, our love, our loss, our life. And yet something so much deeper and bigger than our story was at play. We both reached out, to hold each other once again at the exact same time. I awoke with a start. Some might call it an unbelievable pain in my heart, my body, my being. And now, as in the dream, another memory suddenly returned. It was maybe 30, 40 years ago when I heard the dolphin legend So much about our relations with the water, Oceania, the star Sirius. So much about a song line from Turtle Island, across the Rainbow Bridge, across the Pacific, to the land down under. It wasn't long after that day, that day of knowing that I would go down under, knowing that I was called somehow, not necessarily to live there, but to offer to learn, to receive, something. I did not know what. I just knew that I would go, not once, but six times over six years. Somehow, I was part of this story, this legend. One of those journeys was with W. I make his name that out of a protocol of respect as I have no living contact with him and do not even know if he is alive today. W. was a photographer, an artist, a white man, at least presenting as such. He was a storyteller who had come to share an invitation amongst a few from this land to walk with Aboriginal people across the land down under. To walk and move with camels across the Kimberleys. He had been initiated there into the oldest Aboriginal tribe and found it was there he belonged, no matter what his blood count might indicate. They, his elders there, had agreed they wanted to teach as they walked, to share, to open people to the dreamtime. After meeting, we spent many days together sharing stories. I listened to his dream, his invitation to come, to support, to walk with others. Across the fire, we met as we knew we had something to do together. His last night on Turnle Island, we drove to a beach just north of the Channel Islands, that rainbow bridge in my combi We drove far out on a sand spit, parked in the stars, and made love. At dawn, we woke to the sound of water rushing all around us, just in the nick of time, to drive away before the ocean took us in. A few months later, I responded to W's invitation to come to the center of Australia to scout the track to meet the Camelero with whom we would ride and walk, to confirm the dream, to meet some members of the tribe, some of the people that we would walk with. We had planned this trip over many months across the Pacific from each other, with W driving, often an hour plus, just to find a payphone to make the dream come true. By the time I arrived, one might say, the shit had hit the fan in Aboriginal relations with whites. No one was to be trusted between whites and blacks. It was about land, as far as I could tell. About all of it, years of it, centuries, perhaps. Maybe about Uluru, the sacred site at the center. And then, well, there was men's business. Places, talks, ceremonies, where women were never allowed to be. I could not even now describe further the centuries of complexity. I surrendered to the chaos. I spent some time alone, sleeping, dreaming, wandering in the washes outside of Adelaide until W said it was safe to come, to go. To continue with our relationship with our shared dream to somehow be part of the healing we arrived at uluru some say it to be the center of the universe after hours driving over the red washboard road we walked into a world there of beauty pain and power still W was unable to talk about how the plan to meet and be with elders had changed, and I knew I had become a problem. Even though changes and upsets were not directly about me or us, it was about us as well. Most of all, I knew that I was, as a white Western woman, no longer an asset, that our dream, this walk, our love, was not going to support what was wanted. The timing of such a pilgrimage was off at best, and we were not gonna make a difference in the world the way we had hoped. One plus one no longer made three, and something else needed to happen. That day we separated. We walked around the rock going in different directions. That day we parted, unable to talk or even be with each other. At the day's end, I found myself called, actually stumbling upon and drawn into a cave at the base of the rock. There in the dark, asking, praying, singing for the healing to somehow continue, for the love to override broken agreements and bring us, not just W and I, but all peoples together again. Before leaving, I played a music tape gifted me just before we had departed from Adelaide by another aboriginal elder, a dolphin dreamer. He had told me to find a place to play it at Uluru. Ha, what a surprise. There I was feeling hopeless, and who came into my ear and heart but Bob Marley and the Wailers. Now that's a whale of a dream. I had to laugh and cry at the same time. And I left, praying to learn through the mystery of it all, asking for song lines to continue to be our guide and bring us whatever was needed. Just after dark, we met where we had begun the walk and returned to the parking lot. W couldn't find the car keys. And he couldn't find the words to explain what had come down and what now was not possible with his dream, his pilgrimage, his art, and his heart. We were supposed to leave the grounds before dark as just a day before. Well, maybe it was weeks. It's hard for me to remember the sequence of things. But it was close, that the park had been officially closed to any camping overnight. There would be no more tourists walking all over it the way they had been, sleeping around at night, dreaming, not really knowing or respecting the power of this place. Here we were in what was now being land rightfully reclaimed, and the only thing to do was to pull out our swags. With no way to leave, something truly unplanned occurred. The day ended with this gift, to sleep, to dream alone and together at Uluru. In the morning, a ranger showed up, antsy, upset, concerned for sure, asking what we were doing there and why. W explained sincerely our truthful loss of the car keys. Together, we all went and searched the trail again, now for the third time. In that morning light, we soon found the keys. Leaving that place, I knew I would never return. We could only go forward to the Olgas, Another amazing rock outcropping, not so far away, a place where the feminine energy was identifiable in a way I had never felt, known, or experienced before. At last, W and I could speak. We found each other again, and I had a better glimpse of what was unfolding. It was clear there was no choice, but to be with what was happening and let go of our story and the journey W had dreamed with his tribe as well as our journey together. We parted as we had begun with respect, love, recognition, acceptance. It was not the time for us, for a walk together, for the journey with whites and blacks, for going beyond boundaries. This was a time for separation, for reclaiming, for naming, for recognizing the agreements broken, the ones never made, the insanity of abuse and genocide centuries old. No going forward until that happened. W. returned to the tribe. There, he brought his paints And he supported so much of the aboriginal, beautiful, powerful, important art that was coming again from these people and these lands. Sometime later, he married an aboriginal woman and had a son. Many years later, in a small beach town on Australia's east coast, I met him again. We had had no contact. We had no idea we would be there at the same time together. Song lines, I guess, crossing. And his story, it was amongst many sad ones I knew, filled with trauma, illness, and numerous tragedies within indigenous communities. His wife, had gone into an alcoholic rage and set fire to their house, full of W's photographs, stories, and art. All had been burned to the ground. He had left with his son, who he was now raising on his own. What to say, what to do, how to listen, hold, be, how to love on that day, I knew it was not for me to do more than to leave a gift behind, a small contribution for the two of them as they had started a new life. Sometimes it is truly only listening that serves, asking for what is needed, sometimes not doing anything, sometimes a touch, a hug, sometimes money, sometimes hands-on work, sometimes partnership, all or any love to be expressed in so many different ways. I shared a bit of it all with W during a short, intense time, not ever really knowing the outcome, except what I'd learned maybe inside myself. And for that, I was and am grateful the power of place, the timing of dreams, and so much more. Where we are, where we are speaking, acting, dreaming, has a lot, if not everything, to do with what happens and what is possible. What I touched there in that journey is what I knew I had to come home to be with in, quote, my own stolen lands to learn to be with the difficult stories that were not so different here on Turtle Island. Now, years later, as I write and share this today, I learn of the powerful song singer from Down Under, another whom I was blessed to meet to be able to support in a small way. He died today, Archie Roach. What a gift to the world, the world we want to share, the world we want to live in. Rabbit-proof fence, the tracker, movies, listen, please, to the soundtracks if you have not. His famous song, Took the Children Away, so relevant here all of these years later. Now as people finally in Canada and the U.S. and even the Pope, wake up to the horror of residential boarding schools with Native children. Archie sang of the pain, naming the crimes of whites on blacks. He sang it in a way that reached the soul of anyone listening, the souls of place and people. We thank him and so many who have been saying and singing the truth for so long. Unimaginable how such actions could be forgiven, such drastically different worldviews could ever be reconciled. Here I am, all of these years later, still walking with the same questions and prayers. Can we awaken to a different dream than the trance that we, quote, we seemingly are in? at least the ones so many are in around this globe, the one of expansion, productivity, extraction, greed. How does change happen? How do worldviews change or align around care for our shared home? More than one has said, if it's not unimaginable, If it's not a lost cause seemingly at the start, then it's hardly worth more time and attention. The wars continue, the genocide, the passing on of the wounds from one migration, if not invasion of peoples on another people in place. Those seeking place, safety, sanctuary, searching for home, for belonging, Everyone's right, everyone's obligation. As well, too often, searching for resources, wealth, precious metals. I know this as my ancestors came from Ireland, and I know that the war of worldviews continues there as well as most everywhere. Such seeking in the way that it has too often been has led to stolen lands, stolen children, and stolen culture. And now, even more migrations are underway. More extraction industries, more refugees of human and climate injustice will come. That seems unlikely to change soon, if ever. So, what might? Being a white woman, it seems almost impossible to not continue to be part of the problem. How to be part of the healing, own ancestral shame and legacy, current complicity in systems of racism. How to work, to live with and love ourselves, our people, to be willing to do anything, To know our activism will go nowhere unless the wounds in our own personal lives can be healed, unless the past and present wounds on the planet can be recognized, unless people of culture, of color, any with differences for what is considered and supported as mainstream, unless they, unless we have more of a voice in our future. As Indigenous people's well-being, wisdom, and worldview is recognized and respected, yes, even centered at the core of a dream to be, there is possibility in the best of the old story continuing as the new one emerges. We changed course, it seemed, as a country so many years ago when I was protesting on the streets. We got out of Vietnam, marched for civil rights, but truthfully, not that much of American consciousness really seemed to shift. When economic reasons primarily motivate the change, the behaviors of injustice simply shift to somewhere else. Stopping fossil fuels, oil drilling, coal mines, even if we are totally successful the extraction behavior continues. It already is continuing. Mining for copper, lithium, gold, all on the rise, emerging so fast people barely know what is happening to the land, the waters, and the people that live most closely by, the indigenous tribes. Once again, their sacred sites, their earth, Our earth, the rape continues. Change in awareness and consciousness in the dream. Yes, the dream that we have been living is what I pray for. As I listen to my dreams, as I follow my heart, I can be a little bit maybe in the change and in the current as I and others prepare for what is coming. There is no way I can or will ever understand the complexities of Aboriginal law, the cave that was for men only, the pain of having my children stolen, the mysteries of the dream time. And still, there are some love agreements. I do understand. And through listening, I may support those and hopefully do the right thing in any given situation, no matter the outcome. At the Water Summit the following day after my dream in this blurt, many were eager to come together, to form alliances, to work collaboratively. And now, we now get to see again what is possible in these lands, in these times. It is a long walk home, alone and together. May we remember the gift, the worldview we were all born into, the circle of life out of the womb, the feminine, the water. Postscript. This story took place in the 1980s around 40 years ago. And today, I looked up W's name on the internet. I found this article below. The story is still unfolding and I am still learning somehow in the dream. Lost for 40 years, a historic group of works by groundbreaking Australian Aboriginal artists is finally getting a museum show. The paintings which turned up in a shipping crate in 2019 now have their audience.